As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next interview. Today, I have Jess McKay. Today is a really kind of interesting, exciting, and really just dynamic interview because we're going to be talking about careers. We're going to be talking about the idea that you can have really any type of veganized career out there. And today we're going to talk about one specifically. Jess is a puppeteer and builder, and we're going to be talking about Jess's experience really around kind of taking on Hollywood, taking on individuals, and showing them how we can not only kind of bring that compassion of veganism to different types of careers, but also when we think about the materials that are used for puppets, the idea is how do we align that? with our vegan ethics. So we're going to dive into all different types of topics, meaning how did Jess have this epiphany that, you know, we could, we could bring together, you know, the vegan and this puppeteer in building. And also what's life been like as he's kind of walked down this path and what his experiences are, as well as many of you maybe out there just wondering, how does it work to be a puppeteer? You know, what kind of materials are used? So we will answer as many questions as we can get in today, but I'm so, so excited to welcome our guest. Jess, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Steph. I had sort of, like you said, an epiphany, and I started looking, as a vegan person, you start to see the world through a different lens, as I'm sure yes. you're aware of, and things that once seemed like just every day and normal, suddenly you're looking at an, an ad for a cheeseburger, and, and you feel much differently about it. Absolutely. Now, as a vegan person, I and as a puppet builder, I, I started to look at the puppets that, that we have in our industry. And we, when we look at, for example, a puppet like like Big Bird from Sesame mm-hmm. Street, um, mm-hmm. you know, it takes over 40 turkeys to, to make Big Bird in addition to feathers from ostrich and emu. Um, wow, now, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like we're using this tool, this puppet, as, as a tool to teach children about kindness. And for me, I see an inconsistency there. Um, and it's really, it's, so it's, the kids who are watching the show don't consider this in the same perspective that you and I do and that other vegan people do, but still it's important. I think as the adults that are telling these stories to really look at ourselves and to try to be as consistent as possible as we can be with our own ethics so we have Absolutely. people we have people working on these shows, producing these shows, uh, writing these shows who in their personal lives and, and in their hearts, they care deeply about animals. They, you know, the problem isn't the fact that they are brutal people, but the problem is there's like a screen between the brutality they're participating in and the the thing that they're and what they actually believe, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I think people have that same struggle, even when they think about their plate. And we've recently, I think in the world have started to break down that screen or that barrier, but I think it's so important. And that's why I love what you're doing because we're helping people understand that we have to break down those screens and those barriers everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, 
like um there's an idea in the vegan world oftentimes that the impact can be made mostly through food and food certainly is a very important part of um of this whole movement you know we want to it's it's probably the biggest way in which people are exploiting and abusing animals um but i think in anybody's career and i found it for myself there there are and so as a puppet as a puppet builder it's the materials i use and also there's also the message of whichever project i'm I'm participating in so for example as a puppeteer this hasn't happened. This specifically hasn't happened, but let's say McDonald's wanted me Mm -hmm. to build some, and they had a very successful puppet campaign for years. Remember those chicken nuggets? Those were puppeteers. That was, that was bread and butter for a lot of puppet people. And it's a really difficult question for me personally, because I don't want to participate in promoting anything that I think is, is really bad. I also don't personally judge other people who do that only because you and I spoke with a friend who's a vegetarian about this yesterday, and he feels deeply mm-hmm. about the the ethical message too. And his thinking about it is, well, I'm going to get this job, and I'm going to take the money from this job, and I'm going to spend it in a more positive way than someone else might. So even and, and it's not like they're not going to do the commercial if I don't participate in it. But me personally, and I realize this comes from a place of privilege of being able to say, hey, no, I'm not going to do this, but. Uh, I've kind of drawn a line for myself uh, for that. Okay. Like I'm not going to, and I told, you know, I told the people who I work with, they, they know, just don't ask Jess to do, you know, food commercials. If it's going to be meat or, you know, eggs or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, th- as I'm sure it's, it's the same for, for people in other industries, but when you start, to, when, but when we start to speak about these things in the world, it can, it can breed a sort of resentment in the people around us. Um, and they start to, and it really comes, I, I personally think it comes from the, that, that inconsistency between what they believe and what they do. And it's easier to feel bad about the person who's reminding you about it than it is to, you know, really confront what you're doing. So I've, I've met a lot of resistance in my industry speaking about, you know, let's, Hey, Hey guys, let's stop using ostrich feathers. That was a, this is a campaign I've been working on this year because I think simple steps are a good way to go sometimes. And if we yeah. can, so I've been working just to make ostrich feathers taboo in my industry. You know, every time I see a post on it, and it's annoying for people, but every time I see a post on Instagram of a feathered puppet, I say, Hey, I feel sad for that bird who was, you know, abused to make yeah. this puppet. Because I think bringing the, uh, bringing our consciousness towards the victims, the individual victims of this thing is, is a really important and powerful form of activism. Um, so, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm really excited that you touched on that because I think, you know, we forget, you know, where we can make impacts. I think sometimes when we, like you said, when we think of veganism, we, we gravitate towards food and there's great work to be done there. But I think we will miss a large opportunity to not only save a lot of animals, but also change the mindset in people kind of worldwide if we don't bring that thinking into other industries. If we don't kind of make sure that we are sharing and shedding the light on it, just like the post that you're putting in there. Yes, for some people, it may be a little bit hard because they have to confront themselves and confront, you know, what they do and what they believe and how that um, there's a conflict. But I think it's important work to be done really for all industries, for anyone out there who's even watching this, to think about how do you bring and heighten that awareness? Because, you know, the abuse that's happening is something we should be standing up for, um, driving awareness. And also, I think sometimes 
if there isn't someone on the inside, someone who's a part of the community to remind people in that same community of not only where we need to make change, but how we can make change, then it's harder for people to get there. So I really commend you for what you're doing and also kind of being a light to help people move in a new direction because you're able to show them what they can do instead. Yeah, I, I really I, I resonate with what you're saying. Um, I totally agree. So uh, and, uh, if I can go on a little bit about the message of being a puppeteer. So we have Absolutely. we have commercials where we're explicitly promoting a meat product, and I'm not going to do that. But a more subtle thing that we have oftentimes is a show that has a carnist perspective but they, they're not even aware of that. So for example, there's a lot of shows for kids where they just will casually include milk and egg products. And they go into the detail of how our apples are picked, but we don't go into the details of how our eggs are produced. Um, and I think that, that, it, that, you know, it's dishonesty to the young people. And, and so it's a difficult question, but the way I feel about it personally is mm-hmm. when we make shows for young people, if we want to have a carnist perspective and we want to promote the things, we should be aware that that's what we're doing. If we don't want to do that, we don't have to have an explicitly vegan show for kids. We don't have to be saying, Oh, you know, the message doesn't have to be vegan, but if we leave those elements out of the shows for young children and, and, you know, there's plenty of shows that don't deal with, Hey, this is what we're eating, you know? And, and it's, it's really important to be aware of these casual depictions of it. There's a lot of films and, and, and puppet shows where it's an animal, like, for example, the movie, um, I think it's called Sing. It's a DreamWorks film. There's a bunch oh, of yeah. animals. Um, but at one point in that film, they go to a restaurant and the animals are eating other animals. This happens all the time in, in things yes. for young people. And for a sensitive young person, this can be confusing. It can be distressing. There's a lot of kids, as I'm sure you know, that when they hear about what happens with animals, they're just like, no, I don't want, I'm, I'm going to be vegetarian now or vegan now. Um mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important as people who make, because uh, oftentimes puppetry is just for kids. Um, they, yes. It really resonates with kids. So what we do, it's a huge responsibility as storytellers, the stories that we're telling. And, and if, like I said, if you want to tell a carnist story, then, then own that, be aware of that. Know that that's what you're doing when you include milk and eggs in your, in your show, because it's honestly everywhere. It's, it's frustrating for me in the industry because I see there's new show after new show after new show using puppets for kids. And it's, it's just promoting a carnist message. But you say that to the people who are making it and they're like, no, I'm not. Because a lot of people, I think the idea of carnism and the, the, the word carnism is so important to help people understand. It's like, it's not vegan and normal. It's, yes. You, you get it. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, yeah. Now, I'm glad you made that point. Do you feel that bringing that up or saying, Hey, could we approach it differently? Is it just complete resistance only because it's been done that way before? Or is it resistance because people are a little bit hesitant on making that change because they know that whole change, especially in the commercial world would have to go all the way up the, you know, the chain yeah. of command, like that changes the marketing. It changes a lot of things. And is, is it, is it that pushback or is it something else? I, I think my theory on it actually is, is the, the chain of command is going up to these people's own, own heads. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, what are we choosing to eat at lunchtime? If we can't make that change, then, then, and almost making the show reinforces that, you know, for them, it's like, okay, well, it's okay. And it's okay. And it's okay. And, and 
And then, yeah, so when someone comes up and says, hey, it's not okay, it can really be distressing for people because they have to make that change for themselves, which I think, and, and here's the thing, I understand that nobody's going to become vegan because somebody told them to do that. They have to, they have to realize. So, so I think it can be a trap sometimes that vegan activists can fall into for themselves. I, I've fallen into it where you feel like, oh, if only I say the right combination of words, then the person will realize. And yeah. sometimes it's just like, all you got to do is plant the little seed and then it just takes time to, to blossom. So, uh, yeah, when I, it's, uh, I've, I've gone through points where I'm like really kind of like, or angry, frustrated with it, but I've come to a place where I understand that, that in order to make the change that I really want to see in the industry, I just need to make my own stuff. You know, I make my own shows, I make my own content. I have, uh, you know, nobody's going to be able to, to, to change that. So, I think that's really a, a cool and empowering thing. Anybody can do that. If you believe in something, you can make it and uh, nobody can stop you from doing that. I love that because I think it's not only empowering, but it also shows that we can change the world, not just through trying to make someone else change. We can lead. We can, you know, you, we talked earlier, we used that word trailblaze. It sounds like you're being a trailblazer here as well by really showing people that we can create additional content. And like you said, it's not vegan versus normal, which is making other great content that can align with people's ethics that we can all get behind and feel comfortable with and can be honest and truthful. So I think that is amazing. I'm going to ask you like content wise, is there anything that if someone's watching today, they should go check out or see that? you're doing just so a people can support you but also oh, to see you. your work well i i have uh on instagram i have this character named uh probably witch so if you go to <laughs> probably witch on instagram i've done a lot of music videos there over the past few years and i really it's fun i just love it and uh if you follow jess mckay puppets on instagram you'll be able to see the new stuff that i'm doing uh, i'm usually building something and and i, I put new content out there uh, when i do now how long does it take to build a puppet i'm just curious Good question. Depends on the puppet. So here we have Rembrandt. Uh, yeah, okay. here's Rembrandt. And a puppet like this will probably take about 30 to 40 hours of work. You know, it's hand sewn. Okay. There's armatures mm -hmm. in the hand, so it all uh, it all bends. But then we have more simple kind of puppets that I can build. Like a guy like this is still hand sewn, but this is about eight hours of work right here. Okay. Arr. Oh, he's cute with his old teeth. <laughs> and he's got no arms. Um, now, so this is all faux fur. I love faux fur. Puppet makers generally don't use real fur. Some people use sheepskin in puppet building, which is something okay. I've recently learned about. But I'm actually, I, I'm making feathers. I'm trying to make feathers. So these now, are. How are you doing that? So how are uh, you making those feathers? I found this really light fabric called organza that is like okay. sort of like silk. Um, and when I really looked at it, I found that it was made from these like long, thin strands. And I was like, okay, because I'm trying to find like, like you said, you, when you, uh, to be a leader or a trailblazer, you can't just say, don't do it. You have to be like, don't do it. And also here's a better alternative that we can use. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I started coming up like, what can I do? Like, this is acrylic yarn that I dyed. It's, it can seem really intimidating for someone to be like, oh my gosh, well, if, what if I make a mistake or, you know, I have to do so many things at once, but like, it's, yeah, I'm sure not, I'm sure, but if I, if I found out another material I use is somehow not vegan, I wouldn't be totally surprised. I do the research when I can, what's available, but sometimes new information comes out and I use fabric dyes sometimes. And, um, 
you know, I'm realizing just now I need to do a little more research on, on, on those things. Uh, but it's, yeah. The but big I think thing, that's part of the yeah. journey of, with learning and growing. And also some of it is not just us, you know, the industry, especially when a lot of these products that are made, they have listed on them proprietary ingredients. So often we don't know what they're made from because it's not even disclosed. So I think over time, you know, there's pressure for those disclosures. And then when we see those disclosures, we can make changes. So I think it's not about us necessarily being perfect vegans and perfectly choosing and never making mistakes. Because even when people think about their personal vegan journey, I'm sure in the beginning stages, people didn't know that, you know, whey was made from milk. You know, it just looks like it's a product in itself. Um, mm-hmm. So when people get educated, they learn, they do the research. I think the idea is our expectation of each other should not be perfection. But like you say, when we know better, we do better. We continue to strive and also continue to create demand for these products, you know, create really interest around them because if we can create that demand, then it could become the go-to as well. Because sometimes we're, we're using all these old products just because it's the way it's been. It's just the demand is there, the names are known and so forth. So I think by, you know, working with companies, making them aware, is your brand vegan? Get that certification (laughs) and letting people know about it can really make a difference because we can not only kind of be vegan personally, but I have this big thing about getting industries to go vegan, helping businesses understand there's, there's viable options that can help them still thrive in business. Um, and then that way we kind of create this vegan economy, <laughs> create all this good stuff. But I'm getting all excited now. Um, after hearing you, you've kind of inspired me um, as you talk about the materials um, to just continue to encourage people to do what you've done where you've taken um, a career and really have brought in a little bit of activism, um, brought in your veganism, your compassion. And also it just seems like you have a lot of ingenuity going on with me making these feathers. I'm really impressed um, and excited about that. So walk us through, I think when we talked before, you know, when you're getting hired as a puppeteer, you're going on auditions, you're going like, how does that process work? So I have an agent uh, and oftentimes she will send me a, uh, you know, Hey, this show's coming up. Here's the sides for the show. Um, For COVID it's been actually kind of nice because I get to film from home. Uh, it makes it a little bit easier than getting out. And and also the advantage to that is you get to do as many takes as you want before you're like, oh, that's the perfect bonus in that. Um, but generally, uh, you know, you'll go to a place. Uh, before COVID, we would go, you go to a place and they have a camera set up. And sometimes they have a puppet for you. Sometimes they ask you to bring your own puppet. Uh, sometimes they're looking for someone who's going to be a puppeteer and also voice a character. Uh, okay. Sometimes it's just just the puppetry, and they have a different uh, person that's voicing the character. Um, a lot of the time, it'll be a job, but you you'll just be doing like a right hand, and someone else will be doing the character. So in oh, puppetry, yeah. So uh, like Kermit the Frog, for example, has an assistant that does the arms or that does one arm uh, for mm-hmm. most shots, and it it'll because when you're doing a puppet, you have one hand for the mouth, and then another hand that can really you know be. You can do both arms at once, but you get a lot of like movements like this. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, too much symmetry. <laughs> too much, exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, the the audition process. Sometimes they'll just want to hear your voice uh, because the, it's it's a character that they're you know they know you're going to be able to do the puppetry, but they just want to hear your voice. Uh, it's fun for me because as a puppet builder, sometimes I will be 
hired as a builder and I'll be able to ask them about casting before they've even really thought about that. So I'll be able to help coordinate that. And it's always nice to, to, it's difficult because uh, as a SAG performer, I can't perform in non-union projects. So sometimes I will be building for a project I can't perform for. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's also an opportunity for me to help other people who are less established in the industry get some experience on like a real shoot. And that's always fun to, you know, work. I just had a shoot last week where I got to work with a couple people who uh, I hadn't worked with before it was non-union. So they puppeteered for it and it, it was so much fun. Uh, yeah. That's nice. We had a question pop up from Aaron. Aaron says, some of us are putting together a vegan musical that will have some animal ca- characters who should probably be puppets. How do we connect with you? Wow, that's great. Well, you can you can find me on Instagram at Jess McKay Puppets and message me there, or you can email me at Jess McKay, M-C-K-A-Y, at gmail.com. Perfect. And as we, I mean, I kidnapped you a little bit today, a little bit longer than my normal sessions, but I think we just, I wanted to cover so many different topics. So I guess as people are watching today, as they're kind of learning or maybe even having some aha moments, because maybe some of us vegans did not realize like myself, how many animals are involved in, you know, something like Big Bird or some of these like iconic um, puppets that we all maybe even grew up with? Um, and maybe are passing those traditions on to our families, what should we be doing as individuals? Like, should we be writing? Should we be reaching out? Should we be, you know, what kind of actions can we take? Because a lot of the puppetry is, like you said, it's not only for children, but we pass on those traditions, you know, we pass on that knowledge and information. Well, I think, yeah, if you're a person who's an activist, there's, of course, a lot of different ways to do this. There's a misconception that, you know, keyboard activism isn't real activism, but I think it can be very powerful and impactful to help. You know, I believe that if you can change your thinking, then your actions change and your actions change the world. So you can change people's thinking through ideas that you share online. So that's, uh, I think... So you mentioned Sesame Street again. It's it's yeah. people don't really know about this. I didn't know about this for years. Sesame Street is partnered with uh, SeaWorld. And mm-hmm. they so you go to SeaWorld in Florida, as I'm sure you know, you see Sesame Street characters. So again, we have a show that's talking. One of their major themes is kindness. And yet yes. they're partnered with an organization who many people feel uh, in, our, in our community strongly is not a really kind thing. So... It's, it's really difficult because these business relationships are hard to unravel. I'm sure it's difficult mm-hmm. to say, Oh, this isn't working out. And I'm sure maybe they had, I don't, I honestly don't know about this stuff. Um, but I think, I think making comments here and there when you see something that's not, that's not quite right or that you feel and, and, and centering it on the individual. So if you were, I, I honestly don't know. I think, I think writing letters can help. I think just speaking out can help. Um, oftentimes I'll be writing something like that and people will agree with me, but I rarely mm-hmm. see other people, you know, it's, there's people who have told me that, Hey Jess, you know, what you're doing is really bad for your career as a puppeteer. There's a lot of people who don't want to ask you to work on things because you're like a wild card in their minds or you're difficult to work with. And, and honestly, I, I understand that. And I, I kind of accept that as a result of my activism. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to be on my deathbed looking back being like, Oh, I had a great career. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I want to be able to be like, okay, I, I stood for something I believed in. And um, I, I don't call out other people for lack of integrity, but 
personal integrity is really important for me. And that, that for me is being consistent in my, um, in my actions and in my beliefs. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I, I don't, I don't know how to tell people to do activism, but whatever would work okay. on you, you should do, you should talk to other people in that way. I think if you're like, this would be effective for me, then, mm-hmm. then, then do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think your point of driving that awareness, um, you know, it's just like for many of us, when we are, as we're learning, passing on that knowledge, passing on that information, maybe even passing on this interview um, to people. <laughs> Sorry, it feels a little bit like a plug, but I really mean that more in a way that, you know, sometimes this information is just not out there. We're just not aware of it. And I think making sure that other people know what materials are going into the puppets, like you said, how the messaging is coming across and also how if we want to change that, we have to be a part of that change. And yes, there's a challenge of bringing activism into our world, but there's a challenge with any choices that we make in life. And I think it's so important that you know, we decide what we're all going to stand for and not everyone's going to be an activist at work. I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying that everyone's got to go and start picketing. Um, we all have unique ways that we can drive change. I think the key here is, I think in what you're doing is the idea is that it's not just the change that we ask other people to do, but we look for ways that we can be creative, the ways that we can bring ideas to the market, the way we can create dialogue and conversation, I think can be a way that we can drive a lot of change. Erin just jumped through and posted another message talking about how veganism is on the rise. Vegan artists are on the rise as well. You much, um, are much um, rather collaborate with vegans on projects, especially the vegan projects themselves. So I think that's another thing, collaboration. Thanks, Aaron, for, for helping us out there. Yeah, I think it's also great because the more and more we're all working together, the more and more we can help amplify each other's messages. So I want to just take a minute to thank you again for spending some time with us today. Thank you again for sharing what you do. And maybe as you wrap up, do you have any final words or inspiration or anything that you want to share with our audience before we wrap up for today? Uh, I want to say thank you for watching this whole interview because if you got to this point, that means you watched the entire thing and I hope you learned something and I hope that you are feeling good after watching this interview. So thank you for taking the time to do that. Perfect. Thank you, Jess. And once again, thank you everyone who has watched this live or if you watch this as a replay or on the podcast, I really hoped that this is something that maybe has you thinking a little bit differently, has you thinking about not only your activism a little bit differently, but also thinking about your careers a little bit differently. Because even if you're not an artist or maybe um, planning to be a puppeteer, I think the inspiration from Jess, we all can learn the idea that we can bring our veganism into our careers, into the things that we spend most of our time on, which is our careers, most of the hours in the day, um, and finding unique ways that we can spread the message or be creative um, and make feathers. Maybe we'll use that as a figurative and literal sense that we can all make our own feathers no make matter feathers. what we're in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thank you, Jess. Thanks to everyone for joining and I thank hope you. everyone has a wonderful day.